You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Sabah al Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855am and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. And to our dear supporters that continue to listen, to reach out, to donate, to support, to rally, to petition, to scream, to shout, a big, big heartfelt thanks from myself, uh, from every Uh, Palestinian in Australia, but also from our Palestinian brothers and sisters that are desperately, desperately being savaged in in Gaza, but also all over Palestine. What's not being talked about is what's happening in the West Bank, in East Palestine. The hundredth child since October 7 was killed over the weekend, uh, over the past couple of days. He was wearing his school bag in soccer uniform, in football kit, and he was shot in the head. This is an absolute ec- execution. And we continue as a country to merely mouth, offer requests for aid, um, calls for a ceasefire. It's time for our government to ramp up its rhetoric, To time to ramp up the actions. We have to start demanding, demanding. It's well past time to demand you know, obviously, but our government has to start demanding a ceasefire, unfettered aid, and real consequences. It's time for us to be saying to the ambassador, you're out of here. It's time for us to be saying to the International Olympics Committee, Israel is not allowed to come. It's past time for us to end any cooperation with the State of Israel or any entities that are perpetuating this genocide or participate in the occupation, oppression, and apartheid of Palestinians. And a big part of that is Elbert and Elbert Systems. And we'll be speaking about that tomorrow in the rally. So join us tomorrow at 12 o'clock in the State Library. Um, there'll be a big focus on, on Elbert, but we've got some wonderful speakers uh, speaking, Stuart, Professor Stuart Rees, as well as Asala Siata, two wonderful advocates of Palestine who are down in Nam in Melbourne from Sydney. So make sure you come along, 12 o'clock State Library tomorrow. There's a couple of things I want to talk about before we uh, bring in our guest. We're looking forward to speaking to Jacob. Um, one of the things that doesn't get spoken about in any real context, and this was a war about this, was about Palestinian prisoners. Israel has criminalized, criminalized Palestinians for being Palestinian. And the numbers since 1967, since that war, are in excess of a million Palestinians have been jailed something of the order of close to 50% of every males. So there is not a family, not a family in East Palestine, in Gaza, 
that hasn't been impacted in some way by a family member, be it a father or a brother, an uncle, that has been imprisoned by Israel. Now, we need to we know what prison looks like in this colony where prisons are used to protect assets, you know, to quote-unquote, take homeless people off the streets and hungry people who might um, uh, steal for sustenance or shelter or whatever that might be. But in a military occupation, jail is for people who resist. If you're a military occupier, you have no right, no right, to administer the civil uh, system of the people you occupy and oppress, and certainly in the 56th year of that, to suggest that uh, you are some sort of law and order official is to beg a belief. The fact that the West has allowed for this narrative to perpetuate and become normalized for people to talk about Palestinian prisoners as if they're petty thieves is just an abomination. Thousands of prisoners have been rounded up since October. Thousands of Palestinians have been rounded up and thrown into prisons and Israeli gulags since uh, October 7 and they have suffered cruelly something of the order of 30 odd have now died uh, in quote unquote these gulags prisons they are being managed by let's call them the fifth level of hell of, of Zionist settlers so you've got the regular army, quote-unquote, in Gaza. You've got the first tranche of reservists in there, the second tranche of reservists, the now the 40-year-olds, the people who are just about to finish being reservists in Gaza. The only people left to administer East Palestine, the only people left to um, uh, police, to occupy, to man the checkpoints, etc., are the most fanatical and rabid of settlers. So much so that the United Kingdom and the US have both banned some of these guys, put sanctions on them. But our government is yet to do that. Australia is yet to do that. The United States and the United Kingdom are ahead of Australia on these rabid, fanatical, murderous settlers. It's, it's, it's shameful. And when you consider all of the lost childhoods you know a, a palestinian child can be rounded up in the middle of the night taken away from his family questioned in a language he or she doesn't understand put into rolling six-month administrative detentions this is where the child hasn't seen the charges the parents haven't seen the charges the parents uh, the child's lawyer hasn't seen the charges rolling six-month administrative detentions. And because this Orwellian concept of uh, perpetual imprisonment is so entrenched in the psyche of the Palestinians, every or most every Palestinian pleads guilty just to get a concept of an end date. When you consider the amount of time stolen from Palestinians, when you say a million people out of a population of uh, in the West Bank, just over three, one, the, the productivity time, the child time, the mum hug time, the dad hug time, it just is an absolute abomination and beyond any level of reckoning. The next thing that, hap- that I want to speak about, and we'll touch on this, I don't know how 
how absurd it is that the that the West has moved to a point where they don't even realize that as as a as a population that is under occupation, that it's a matter of international law, and the Chinese ambassador, I'll talk about the ICJ in a second. It's a matter of international law, and it's a hundred percent correct that the Palestinian people have the right to pursue self determination by any means possible, by any means possible. That includes armed struggle. Now, especially when they've been deprived so brutally of every peaceful opportunity and avenue to that self-determination. The White House lawns handshake was 31 years ago. Palestine was supposed to be free five years later. That's 26 years ago. Not one Western leader has ever acknowledged that Palestinians have that right. Instead, all the Western leaders do is invoke Israel's right to self-defense, to continue the oppression of an occupied people. I mean, Australia recognizes that the West Bank, East Jerusalem, and Gaza are occupied Palestinian uh, territories. If you realize they're occupied Palestinian territories, then you realize international law allows them to resist. These Western racists believe that Palestinians must be must cede this passively, must just give up. Well, shame on shame on a lot of you. Palestinians will never give up. The, in Australia's great shame, what they need to be doing immediately and urgently is restoring aid to UNRWA, demanding unfettered access to aid, the immediate cessation of violence, the ending of the siege. There's some wonderful initiatives going on from activists all over the world in an endeavour to break the siege. There'll be a flotilla sending out soon all eyes all eyes on gaza with the impending impending ground invasion in um in rafah we really must really must be uh, paying a lot of attention palestinians in the north are now dying of starvation i saw some videos earlier on um i don't know if it was today or last night but uh, of babies you know just emaciated two and three month old babies emaciated to the point uh, where they they'd passed it's past time for Australia to stand up, stand up to, to this abhorrence, to this genocide, to end the complicity. The Palestinians filed a case in the ICJ decades ago uh, about the illegality of Israel's occupation. There's 50-odd countries that have filed in support of that, uh, shamefully. None of them uh, were, or actually a couple of them were, but most of them did not sign on to the South African case, but this is a different ICJ case that is ruling on uh, the legality of the uh, of the occupation. And there's been some wonderful, wonderful interventions, in particular the Chinese, who very articulately and clearly spelled out the right of Palestinians to resist their occupation uh, in any means they wish to. Um, the, the, the funniest thing, in defense of Israel, which has... Uh, not accepted the right of the ICJ to say anything. In defense of Israel, a couple of countries have filed. Canada withdrew. Uh, So the U.S. is there as well as that beacon of democracy and freedom, Fiji. So good luck, Israel. Um, Next up, my friends, we've got a song. It's called Life Under Occupation from MC Abdul. After that, we'll be joined by Jacob Gretsch, who's anti-war and anti-militarization campaigner and a dear, dear friend. Stay tuned. I'm exhausted. 
Last night I couldn't sleep, but when I did, I could hear bombs in my dreams. Nightmare situation. How could they be so evil? Making mortars out of children and innocent people. We expect the bombs, not knowing where next. Huddle in the corner of my room, trying to protect my little brother. As the building shakes like it's possessed, but nothing stronger than the will of the oppressed. I bomb back with my lyrics and rhymes Living the times trying to break the Palestinian minds What's hiding in the clouds hanging over my head? My dad risks his life outside to buy bread The fourth war in my twelfth year At this stage I'm numb though I haven't feel scared There's nothing I can do in this case to stay safe I'm brave even though this house could be in my grave I want freedom for the population Two million prisoners living in this location Shouting at the wall but nothing is ever changing That's life under an occupation I want freedom for the population Two million prisoners living in this location Shouting at the wall but nothing is ever changing That's life under an occupation Mothers mourn, fighting with grief White sheets covered by his death Lie on the streets, buildings turn to ash But my mind is made of steel So it doesn't take much for me to heal Won't lose the will to live or lose our minds My auntie lost her home so she lost her life But she is still alive but traumatized By the bombs that flew in and dropped at night My sister couldn't sleep, tried to stop her cries I said it was fireworks, I was telling her lies Where's the compassion? This is heartless it's like they want us all living in darkness Cutting off water and electricity for hours They're knocking towers, but that's not knocking the power that I have in my pen When I'm writing, I'm unstoppable The microphone is the only escape possible Cause that's the way that I can speak my mind I wonder how does the fighter pile asleep at night Knowing he can turn the city upside down all of a sudden Slaughtering families with the push of a button I want freedom for the population Two million prisoners living in this location Shouting at the wall but nothing is ever changing That's life under an occupation I want freedom for the population Two million prisoners living in this location Shouting at the wall but nothing is ever changing That's life under an occupation because the Palestinian fight isn't just the Palestinians' fight, it's all our fight, because it's a fight not just about land, it's about a fight for freedom. Everybody should be standing here today saying, free Palestine. Solidarity with our Palestinian brothers and sisters on behalf of the Bumbanja Nation, my people who've never ceded their sovereignty. We should be recognising Palestine as a state and recognising the rights of Palestinians. 3CR. Stay tuned, stay radical. That was MC Abdul and we're joined by dear, dear mate Jacob Gretsch. For people that don't know Jacob, he's an anti-war, anti-militarisation campaigner, member of Renegade Activists. A big welcome, Jacob, and thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Let's start with who is the biggest supplier of military aid to Israel, and then why? The U.S. is the biggest supplier of military aid to Israel. I don't think uh, that's going to surprise anyone. It's impossible to say exactly how much aid they give, but it's billions and billions of dollars over the years. And why? I think, look, without getting too much, I could do a whole half hour in the historical context, but... It, it starts back in the Cold War, you know, after the after the Six-Day War. Um, 
politicians have basically scuttled any all the peace plans that were happening with the with Soviet involvement. It actually skited that he'd scuttled them so that Israel would need America and any peace in America the United States. And since that time, they've just been following that, I guess, Kissinger-Nixon doctrine of instability in the Middle East and ensuring that that the region is unstable so that the um, US-based corporations can have free access to the resources and the trade routes through the region. Yeah, it's always been about Western hegemony and capitalism and imperialism. It's always. <laughs> it's a lot of money, brother. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I said it to somebody, you know, there's like three types of war that um, the military-industrial complex uh, looks for. The number one war is brown people killing brown people because nobody cares. Number two is white people killing brown people because then, you know, we're spreading democracy. And the third type of war, which we don't like, but we'll still profit from, is white people killing white people. So we're back to white people killing brown people. We can't have white people killing white people, but when we do have white people killing white people, like we like we have in um, with Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, you've got to be sure that the white people are at least nasty communists ruled by a dictator with plans of world domination. Just shocking. Yeah. The documentary The Lab, which basically looks at how uh-huh. the US is testing weapons and uh, in the in the occupied territories and stuff, tell our listeners a little bit more about that. Well, when did The Lab come out? Sometime, in, probably about ten years ago now, maybe a dozen years ago. Yep. Um, I think you're um, Giselle, who um, you got the studio with you there, and I put a show on of it on when it came out. That's but, right. Um, it was 2011. I'm pretty sure, Jacob. Oh, it's about all right, 14 years ago, 13 years ago. Um, what it what it did is it showed that the use of the use of the Palestinian territories in warfare is a major advertising, I guess, technique for for selling weapons. Like like anything, if you're buying a car, you want a car which you know has been used in rough conditions. That's why we have things like the Paris to Dakar rally, while we have Bathurst, all the rest of it. They're not just for motorsports. They're to, to show the people and to show industry the limits and the envelopes that their machinery can be put to. And the same thing is happening in the Middle East. And we also had the situation during the apartheid regime in South Africa where a South African arms company's boss were doing the same thing. When you buy a weapon from Israel or that's been used in Israel, you know that it's been tested in battle conditions. You know that this weapon can't only potentially kill people, that it has killed people. And that makes it a more valuable weapon. So... To refine the weaponry systems where it can find the most cost-effective way of killing and damaging and injuring as many people as possible can only be beneficial to the others. why um, a lot of the, not just for US weapons um, companies, but Israeli weapon companies, emphasize the fact that their weapons have been used in the occupied territories. Mm-hmm. We know that... And um... Australia buys into this too. Australia buys into it. We're buying communication systems and technological systems from the Israeli um, arms companies for the um, for the Australian military and Australian police systems and uh, even Victorian government for a reason, because we know they work, because we know they're effective in subjugating the people. Uh, the Albert Israeli weapons manufacturer, their website, you know, boasts that their equipment is battle-tested and yet the Victorian government has uh, signed a deal with them. 
Well, that's what we want. Oh, you, you're a taxpayer in the state of Victoria, that's so you want to make sure that you're getting the biggest bang for your buck for, for your tax dollars, mate. Yep. <laughs> Just shameful. Yeah. Shameful. And good on the Greens it's, it's uh, for, in, in Vic Parliament trying to stop that. Aside from all of that and the UN experts saying that you know, weapons transfers are a likely violation of international law now that there's a plausible genocide. The complicity of the West in this space is just, it just beggars belief. I mean, we've got arms companies here in Australia that are part of this whole thing. Interesting thing about the arms companies, listeners may be aware um, that there have been a few protests at um, arms suppliers, arms companies dotted around the Melbourne region, places like Rosebank, HTA, um, up in Campbellfield. The the major arms companies, everyone knows their names, Lockheed, Boeing, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman. Um, everyone knows those companies. But, but weapons these days are so complex that no factory in the world can make all the parts needed, for example, for an F-35 bomber. So you have the distributed um, manufacture all around the world. And one of the main places, not not just a place, one of the main places that these are being, um, that parts are being built for a thing like the F-35 and the F-16 and the M-7 artillery shells and all the rest of it, are in Australia. And the biggest, more than half of the manufacture of, of those kind of weapons is in Victoria. So it's it's... It's one of the insidious things is that you've got to work it because industry has been cut out of Australian manufacturing industry. We can't make white goods. We can't make angle grinders. We can't make cars. All we can make is weapons. So if you're a young person wanting to get into the manufacturing industry, the unfortunate thing is the military industry is the only game going in town. It's the militarisation of our whole industrial base. Would these kids even know that they're making bombs? Because the componentry is so so small they're all sort of you know assembled somewhere else yeah they're all assembled somewhere else and it's not it's not just bombs you know it's um all the various parts for example just in melbourne you know we've been um activists have been touching up a company called heat treatment australia hta they what they are they used to make lawnmower plates when they first started but they're a, a metal treatment firm so they harden metals to make to make them, you know, less susceptible to bending and stress in high-impact areas. So they're just producing pieces of metal. You know, might be bolts, might be washers, they might just be sheets of aluminium. And they don't know whether this one's for it. You know, your worker on the floor, of course, the bosses know, but the worker on the floor wouldn't know whether this one's from a tank, for an aeroplane, or for a a combine harvester. It's just pieces of metal that are then assembled elsewhere. And that's why I think it's important that we get the word out in these factories to let the workers know what they're doing. It's such an insidious way to make sure that we can't actually see who the one, the bogeyman is. I mean, as you said, we know Lockheed Martin, we know Boeing, but like this innocuous company, HTA, Heat Treatment Australia, just doesn't say we're, we're killing kids, but we know there is a direct link between HTA and what's happening in Gaza? Well, with HTA in particular, there are a couple of direct links because not only do they make, do they heat treat the parts that are made by other companies like Morand and Rosebank um, to be put in the F-35s and the F-16s, but the co-owner, the daughter of the person who started the lawnmower blade factory up in Queensland many years ago, um, she is actually 
Rachel Stanton. She's actually chair of the board of directors of Elbert Systems Australia. So while the workers have no idea, you know, the, the worst we can accuse them of is apathy, she is an absolutely integral part to the Australian, American and Israeli war machine. As I say, the big companies are almost untouchable. All these small companies, companies are there for one reason and one reason only, and that's the only reason they can exist in, under Australian law, and that's to make money. So if we can make an impact on these companies' bottom line, we can change the way they do business and hopefully stop them producing weapons that are being used to kill Palestinian families. Yeah, go back and make angle grinders like the good old days. Thanks, Jacob, and thank you Absolutely. for um, renegade activists who do all the sound for our Melbourne rallies uh, every every week. So thanks so very much, mate. That was Jacob Gretsch from Renegade Activists, a super activist and great and dear, dear friend of Palestine. Friends, that's another episode of Palestine Remembered. Make sure you tune in next week and share the podcast. Get along to your rally. Hopefully we can see you all tomorrow at 12 o'clock. The ground invasion of Rafah is imminent. More than 30,000 people dead, 100,000 maimed or injured. Come out for Palestine. Speak up for Palestine. Represent Palestine. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war, stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.